You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You're running around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of a TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, with my good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. How do? And we've got an interesting topic for you today. We've talked on several previous podcasts on how to choose the right dog for you, and we talked about breeds and characteristics and so forth. But today we want to talk about characteristics, but of the dog that's already in your home, the dog that's already a part of your family. And in understanding this, aiding communication a little bit and training. So stay tuned. Take a listen to our sponsors. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. We're talking today about the characteristics of the dog that's already in your home, already in your family, a part of your family, and learning to recognize characteristics and understand them to aid in your understanding of your dog communication with your dog and ultimately training your dog because 
all breeds, types of breeds, groups of dogs, all have individual characteristics. Kate has a good example of that. She added a terrier to her household. <laughs> and she's not had a terrier before. And so that's really different. It's different. Well, when we were talking about topics, the first, there's been three, I've taken three calls on our training business phone line in the last week of people that already have a dog. And they were experiencing some kind of issue and they just called to ask advice. So it's a case of over the phone, I haven't seen the dog, I haven't seen anything, but what made sense to me based on their descriptions. So prime example, a woman called and said she had a Sharpe German Shepherd mix, but it looked mostly Sharpe, she said. A female, two years old, has been going to dog parks fairly regularly, but lately has started being aggressive with other dogs, uh, jumping on them and grabbing hold of the back of their neck. So she wanted to know about what what she should do. Should she come in for training, blah, blah, blah. Well, I said, well, I've never seen your dog. Give up. Let's talk about generalities. First of all, you've got a Sharpay and even half Sharpay. Do you know what Sharpays were as a breed were bred? No. They're just cute, all those wrinkles. Well, all those wrinkles are so they can fight with other dogs. And that's what they were bred to do, fight. All those wrinkles, loose skin, allow them to move around inside their skin while fighting. Oh, big revelation. Second, you've got a female. As a gender, female dogs tend to be more in terms of everybody must listen to my rules. And behave themselves and don't get out of line. Social order. And then two years old, coming into the height of her adultness, probably, or just starting to come into being an adult, starting to assert herself as to who she is. So um, I said, looking at those generalities, I would tell you don't go to the dog parks. Exactly. Now, you can come in for training. You can do all sorts of other stuff. But But it's um, not going to change who she is. Exactly. We've seen that also with herding dogs because many of the trainers here at Kindred Spirits, including Petra and myself, have Australian Shepherds. They're herding dogs. They herd sheep or ducks or cattle or other livestock. How many people with Aussie puppies or Border Collie puppies or Bearded Collie puppies? Corgis. Corgis come to puppy class, and one of the first complaints is, my puppy is biting my ankles. Yeah. Now, of course, yes, they need to learn not to bite ankles, but people seem totally amazed that this cute, fluffy little puppy is biting their ankles. Well, you don't have a flock of sheep. No, (laughs) and that example is excellent, because when I um, visited some friends of mine, they had an Australian Shepherd and no longer asked what happened. And Well, he kept keeping the kids all together and kept nipping at the heels, so we got rid of him. Well, you have an Australian (laughs) Shepherd! Did you not read the breed specifics on it? So they just got rid of the dog. I mean, as much as we talk about know the breed before you get, yeah, the reality is a lot of people don't. Right. It's cute. My son, or the one yesterday, my son brought it home. Yes. He left home and I've got the dog. Mm -hmm. Yes. Frankly, there isn't a whole lot of, but if you have already the dog, yes, then you can start to say, okay, maybe I need to approach my training in this way. Yeah, I definitely change my training techniques versus what the breed is and then the individual dog as well. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I worked with a bull terrier last week. And well, I well, well wait a minute. Good. Let's come up and say he's, what, six years old? Yeah. Seven years old? So... It's a middle-aged bull terrier. Coming into obedience class for the first time. For the first time. And with a stable full of uh, bad habits. Yeah. 
including wanting to lunge at other dogs. Mm-hmm. In my mind, already I looked and said, Terrier, he's going to be stubborn. Mm-hmm. So there's no use getting mad about it. I just go ahead and factor that into how long it's going to take to teach him a new concept. Knowing it's going to take maybe an Australian shepherd who's used to complying with people a couple of times. Mm-hmm. They get it. They go on to go along with the program. Okay, ideal. I'm thinking terriers. He really doesn't care. He doesn't know me. And he's going to want to stay stubbornly on the track that he was on. And that was all true. Also, he's big and strong. Not an ounce of fat on that dog. Things built like a tank. Yeah. Holy cow. (laughs) So, you know, I had to try different techniques to find out what I could communicate. But I had Mm -hmm. some guidelines by already knowing some generalities. Right. Which, again, was kind of surprising to the owner. Really? You know, I thought he was just a cute, handsome guy. Well, he is, but he's also a terrier. terrier. (laughs) And we're not making fun of terriers, and we're not putting down terriers. Kate loves her terrier tremendously. It's still a learning situation for me. It's been a year. Yeah, yeah, every year. Yeah, it's been a year. Mm -hmm. And knowing that I was that I had taken the leap to go to the dark side and get a terrier. <laughs> or not. the bar- yeah, It could be the sunshine side. Could be the sunshine. Yeah. Terrier <laughs> Just a different side. It's a different, different side. side. Yeah. I started planning quickly, especially as I realized that, yes, he was going to try and get out of the yard, both at home and here at the training field. So I had to work on boundaries. I had to work on a really good come. Mm-hmm. And then I thought generalities. Okay, terriers like to work by themselves, primarily. They like to hunt. And hunt and chase. Yes. Thrill of the prey chase. Okay. What can I do to make myself part of that? Right. Not try to block it. So you're getting yourself in that mindset so you're not going to get frustrated. I wanted to work Unlike with Walter, him. who's... Yes. Yeah. Yes. I didn't... Yeah. So the games that I came up to play with him was that chase a toy on a string. That was his prey. He loved it. Then I start slowly making it more wonderful if when he catches it, he brought it to me. And so when he did indeed catch a real live rat in the backyard, what did he do? He brought it to me! And I'm like, yay, ooh, yay, ooh. Okay. But that's when I knew that he also saw me as part of the game, part of the fun. So, yes, he catches a lizard, he brings it to me and shows, and then I go, yeah. Well, uh, other than when he's trying to swallow it whole. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. (laughs) But, you know, he still has more of a tendency to wander off by himself. Than the other dogs. Than the other dogs. Yeah. But he will happily come. So, okay. But I took his breed, his working traits, and then I adapted my means to do that. And then, as an individual dog... He's actually not as crazy as a lot of terriers I've known. So I've had to adjust all of that, too. But that's what we're just trying to get to the, the owners of these terriers or bloodhounds or, or whatever. Right. Yeah, so, what they have, what they understand. The bloodhound. You know, talk about that. You know, and she's darn cute, and I can see why they got her, but I know she he was the owner was just getting frustrated because she's constantly sniffing the ground. Now, she's in puppy class. Yeah, she's just a and baby. And he said he had done a year's worth of research before getting her, mm-hmm. and the things that he liked was they tended to be non-aggressive, they tended to be very tolerant of children, and they mm-hmm. have two young boys. And I believe they also wanted the short coat. Now, those were traits that they wanted. They fell in love with those velvet soft ears. (laughs) 
And so, in those respects, she is exactly what they wanted. And he knew that they were scenting dogs, that their nose was all important, but I don't think it registered how important the nose is to a bloodhound. Exactly. And he's now realizing that, because as she gets older each week and week, she's got an excellent nose. And I told him that, so he's going to start doing some research and make some some games. Do some tracking. Yeah, have some fun with it. Use the nose. You know, you can't break her of it. It's not, you can't love her out of it. You can't take it out of her. It's her nature. You can't but work with it. Yeah. 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 But he is a little frustrated when he sees the other puppies in class learning to do the watch me and to focus on their owners. And he's having a tough time. Because she's sniffing. And (laughs) I know I've talked to him several times on finding something that will motivate her. Like Chunks of freeze-dried liver, because that'll appeal to her sense of smell. Swiss cheese, that'll appeal to her sense of smell. Exactly. But he still needs some more skills on how to do that. And Mm -hmm. I think he understands who she is, but this is the first time they've had a hound. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he Mm -hmm. definitely needs to work with more odiferous... Motivations. Motivations. Right. Treats or whatever. Right. Yeah, like a lab owner, you can give them cardboard and the dog's happy. You give them sure. as a treat, you know, but in this case, it's not. And, so. and, and so again, we're talking generalities. There are individual differences. Sure. Yeah. But if you start with a generality, it gives you a good idea of your choices from there on. In fact, let's take a break <coughs> for our sponsors and then we'll talk about individualities because I'll talk about the difference between Bashir and Cisco, two dogs of the same breed that are very different. So take a break, take a listen to our sponsor. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, born to be exact. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Hi, I'm Lisa Smith-Putnam, the host of the new and exciting show, Your Pets, My Dogs, here on Pet Life Radio. Your Pets, My Dogs will feature celebrity interviews, we'll talk to everyday pet owners, and more. Listen, I am here to entertain you each and every week, right here on Pet Life Radio. Again, that's Your Pets, My Dogs. I'm your host, Lisa Smith-Putnam. Your Pets, My Dogs. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. 
So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. In this podcast, we're talking about the dog that you already have in your family versus choosing a dog, but also understanding who this dog is and what he is because of his inherent characteristics. And if we use my two boys as an example, Bashir and Cisco are both Australian Shepherds. In fact, they're both Black Tri Australian Shepherds. They have many characteristics in common. They both love to herd sheep. They both have a strong prey drive. They love to run. They're smart. They love to play games. But in the differences, Bashir is bold, outgoing, extrovert. Let's go do stuff. Let's go do it now. I ask him to do something. He says, okay, mom wants to do it. I'll do it. He's bold and brassy is the way, his best way to, to <laughs> describe him. Cisco, on the other hand, is still very intelligent, wants to do stuff with me, but is not bold. He's much more of an introvert than an extrovert. And whereas Bashir will do anything I tell him at the moment I tell him, as soon as he understands, Cisco, I've got to give time to think about it. He's my thinker, my ponderer. And if I try to force him, he'll get worried, he'll get afraid, he'll pull back. But if I give him time to think about it and let him move in on his own terms, then he's more than willing to do it for me. So they have breed characteristics, but we also have to understand our dog's own personality, temperament, and way of doing things. Exactly. Well, and that's a good point because we have a lot of people that come to class and they have experience with like German Shepherds or have had, what do we have, somebody who has pointers. You know, they have them all their life, but it's like, well, she's not or he's not like so-and-so or like so-and-so. He's not like my last one. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, you generalize, you know the breed. Now you've got the personality that's different. Yes. Yes. We see that. And when you've got a mixed breed. I mean, Walters is Cocker Spaniel Poodle Mix. Mm -hmm. So I can see a little bit of each in him. And then you get the other Cocker Mix. My mom Mm -hmm. has a Cocker Poodle Mix, Ginger, Mm -hmm. who is 180 degrees different from Walter. Walter also is bold and brassy and will do anything when you communicate to him and give him some motivation. My mom's cockapoo, Ginger, is reserved, a little bit fearful, a little bit shy. She's perfect for my mom. She and my mom get along great, but Ginger is definitely not Walter. And part of that, okay, we can get into the nature versus nurture. I sure. don't know. You know. She's, Ginger's been at home with my elderly mom. She was well socialized. She came to puppy class and basic class, but not the socialization that Walter's had. Yeah. And she lives alone with my mom. It's just the two of them. So, so it's can, different. So it's a nature nurture. If she had uh, a more outgoing nature, she might be frustrated living with your mom. True. But the good news is it She's works happy. for both of right. them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Walter was originally supposed to be someone else's puppy. And she <laughs> wanted a quiet calm retired and that dog. was not walter and so i ended up so it, you know sometimes we face this issue with problems that the dog is doing something that the person doesn't like and then we will suggest rehoming mm-hmm. it's not something we jump to lightly no. because we know people love their dog 
and we want our one of our goals here at Kindred Spirits is to keep the dog in the home. Yeah. And we've had more than one person come to class and say, "If you don't fix this, the dog's going away." Yeah. Want to yeah. talk about the husky? Oh, the husky. Yeah. The uh, that was the, a great success story. Came in on basic class week one. Husband was totally in love with the husky, uh-huh. and she was a gorgeous husky. Oh, Beautiful yeah. dog. And she knew Dad loved her. She knew Dad loved her. Mom came in holding the a piece of paper with the phone number for the local husky rescue contact info. Yes. And it was said, will you either help me with this dog, or I'm calling husky rescue, even if it means a divorce for my husband. Because <laughs> one way or the other, we're going to get divorced if we keep, you know, whatever. Yeah. We do not do marital counseling. No. But we will help with dog training. <laughs> but by the end of the seven weeks, by applying the training, by working with the dog, using the methods... And understanding what huskies yeah, are. Say yeah, we, they understood we, the breed. We talked a lot more mm-hmm. about what huskies are. Mm-hmm. Husky, one of their frustrations was that if she got out, she would run like crazy. And they're wanderers. That's hey, their nature. You got it. And when we looked at her, like, you got a husky. Yeah. What did you expect? You know. Yeah. And we had to go over that talk. So, okay, she's going to run. Well, then let's work on a really, really, really good recall. And the last night of class... Mom came in with Husky all by herself. Dad had mm-hmm. to work or something, but she was beaming. Husky had gotten out of the yard, so the gate gave way or the fence fell down or something early on a Sunday morning. And they went outside because they heard the commotion and saw that Husky butt disappearing over the horizon. But they had kept everything. They were doing everything we'd asked them to do to teach her. So they brought out the sound stimulus, the shaker, and they shook it, and they called her to come. And the little speck on the horizon got bigger because she turned around and came running just as hard back to them. And then, of course, they told her what a wonderful dog she was, and they gave her loves and cookies. And Mom was happy. Yeah. And so Mom had thrown away the number for Husky Rescue, and she was like, she came back to me. She's now my dog. Yep. Yeah. So knowing what they had and then working on that issue. Made Mm -hmm. all the difference in the world. It potentially Mm -hmm. saved that dog's life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, as you were saying, sometimes there's a mixed match. There are a couple of cases where I have brought up rehoming, and the people said, no, they are members of my family, and they are my children, and I will not. And I just, I understand that feeling, but I am so afraid it's going to end in disaster that could be averted with rehoming. We have an elderly couple in puppy class right now with a working breed dog. The woman is taking care of her elderly 90 something year old dad who's frail the dog has already hurt him he was showing the scars and the scabs and the bruises and bruises and they don't understand the breed they have they've had Mm -hmm. large dogs in the past but this is a different time in their life they have a large breed working breed puppy who, very strong. Who's very going phys- to be huge. physically strong. Is going to be very Good large. Big boy. Is very active. Needs a job to do. And yeah. I personally don't think they're able to do that. And that's an example of he is epitome of his breed. Yes, he's he even is. an exaggeration mm-hmm. of his breed. Yes. And they went on the assumption they've always had large breeds before. Wanted another large breed with a short coat. And I won't go into too much detail as to who he is, but he is what he is. And in their case, they probably would have been better with an adult rescue. Yes. Yeah. They I really agree. didn't need to go through puppyhood. Or an older adult rescue, somebody who's settled already. Or so sure. Many home. 
Dogs yeah. would have been a much better. I am yeah. scared to death that this puppy is going to knock down Grandpa and break a in his nineties, and he's going to break an arm or his hip or his mother. Oh yeah, he, he's or, big or enough her. to pull she's, her down. She's not a young woman either. Yeah. yeah. So, and then conversely, last year I went out in private training because these people had done their research. They decided they wanted a lap. Great. He just retired. He wanted a dog to pal around with him to be laid back and cool. Picked a Labrador. I said, great, okay. I get out there. What he's got is the quintessential working lab. The field lab. The field lab, as we call it. This is a dog who wants to go running through the brush. And retrieve the Eight hours a birds. day and, and hit the ice cold water and grab things. And do. He has one speed, 90 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. And they'd had her, I don't know, about a month or so. And he was already in love with her. And I said, look, this is... You've got, you picked the breed, and I do think you picked the right breed for what you want, but you picked the extreme end. So they actually listened to me, amazing, and they rehomed her with someone who does search and rescue. Mm-hmm. Man, talk about finding the great match right. for that dog's needs and desires. Right. Yeah, that right. was a nice story. That he was went good. off and found what I call a Labrador, you know, just boop, 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 kind of lab. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, he is thrilled. Right, mm-hmm. wife is thrilled, husband is thrilled, puppy is thrilled. Everybody is happy. Yeah, the original puppy is much happier now. Sure, the he's, he's got a rescue job. people are happy. Yeah, and it it just it was very difficult for the the couple to do. Mm-hmm. Very difficult. But you know what? Better to do it while he was a puppy. Yes. Than when he's halfway through adolescence yep. and they're frustrated and angry. The dog is frustrated and miserable, and then it's harder to find that right home. Yeah. Because there's a lot of adolescents looking for homes. I give them so much credit. They made the decision. They followed the puppy. They waited a month. They gave themselves some time to grieve. Then they checked out the personality of the new Labrador puppies they were looking at a little more carefully with a little more experienced eye. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just a wonderful story now. Yep. Yep. So... Look at what you have. Exactly. Don't try to look at... Don't don't be the woman who uh, dates the guy so she can change him. Exactly. Yeah. Be realistic. Again, if we go back to the nature and nurture, a dog is partially his nature, his genetics, his heritage, and that includes his breed, his, his base temperament, what he inherited from his mother, his father, his ancestors, and then the nurture is the environment. Both the breeder who had the puppies, whether he's been through one, two, three, or four homes before you, what happened to him since then, his socialization, his training, his what's happened to him. How good of a mother she is. Sure, all of that. And it's all put together. And I won't say the nature and nurture is 50-50. It's probably, nature is probably, oh, I don't know, 40, 40%, and then nurture is maybe 60%. But again, it depends on the individual dog and his temperament. The combination of both. And then that individual puppy. Yeah. And use that information to your benefit and to your dog's benefit. Definitely. Ease the frustration. Increase the enjoyment. I mean, I went to a Jack Russell. That's the kind of terrier I got, Jack Russell (laughs) terrier. So I went to a Jack Russell meetup group show. And I had no idea that, you know, it was... 
there was a whole new side of dogs. <laughs> Watching them run and do the races and the hunting and the bales of hay and all of that. Some of it appealed to me, some of it didn't, but it was definitely a whole new outlook on life. Yeah, Liz and I realized that when we all go camping or somewhere and we're on the beach and our dogs stick around us. <laughs> and there goes your jack! Woo! Disappearing <laughs> up the beach into the fog. And, and you're like, oh, it's okay, he'll be back unless we're oh, going, he's too far. Our dogs are hanging around us, running circles around us, playing they're, in the surf. They're being shepherds. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and you was, guys are used to shepherd mentality, and you are shepherds. Yeah. Yes. And we were watching him run away going, um, goes, um, Kate, goes, Kate, goes. Kate, um, Kate, you can't see him. Um, Kate. And I'm like, yeah, just one, two, three. Now wait. Yep, the dot is getting bigger. He's coming <laughs> yeah. back just as hard. <laughs> yeah. And he did. It was it is. totally foreign to us herding dog people. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm having to learn a split personality because Walter is more shepherd-like. Yes, that. Mm-hmm. yes, he is. And I, but I've had to accept that the terrier will do that and come back. Well, I've got a little terrier in me, as you've noticed, whenever we go shopping together. Yes, Kate. yeah, with Kate. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. come back eventually. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah and, and the and the shepherds are going. Where's Kate? Where's Kate? Where's Kate? Where's Kate? She's out of sight. Where's Kate? We've had to learn how to deal with you too. Yeah. There's no thrift shop over the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. Like, All right. Oh, we can now say Kate's gone to ground. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Target acquired. Yeah. There we go. All right. Well, before we let you go on this podcast, we have to let you know that we have a contest. This particular podcast is our 99th. Our next one will obviously be our 100th. Woohoo! Yeah. Who'd have thunk it? We, we couldn't believe it. We've had listeners from China and Australia and South Africa and all over Europe and, of course, all over the U.S. It's just been an amazing journey. So we want to have a contest. And our next podcast in our hundredths, you have to tune in and listen to because we're going to talk about some ways that we have fun with our dogs, that we get silly with our dogs, that we play with our dogs. Because why have a dog if you can't have fun and be silly with him? So in our 100th podcast, we're going to talk about that. And the contest is to email us at kindredspiritsk9, the letter K, the number 9, at gmail.com. Or you can email us at the Pet Life Radio email that you can see up on the Pet Life Radio website. And tell us the silliest thing you have done with your dog. The silliest not organized sports, not organized activities, not training, but the silliest thing you've done with your dog. And we're going to have prizes. We're going to have a t-shirt and we're going to have some of my books and we'll have a prize for the number one silliest and then the two runners up. So think about it. Think about some of the silly stuff you do. Then email it to us. And our 101st show, we're going to be reading some of those emails, and we'll announce the winner. Cool. All right? Okay. So keep listening. Tune in to our 100th. Listen to some of the silly stuff we do. And there's some silly stuff, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and then tune in to the 101st and see if you're a winner. That's it. Bye-bye. Take care. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? 
Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author, Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> 